Welcome to the Hardwood Hogs podcast. I'm your host, Mason Cho, joined, as always, by Jackson Collier. JC Hoops, you know him on Twitter. He's at Jackson Collier. He's your favorite Razorback basketball guy. And this Razorback basketball team has won five straight SEC games. A huge, huge 15-point win in Rupp Arena against Kentucky. You can say what you want. You can say this Kentucky team's down. John Calipari's checked out. Severe Wheeler didn't play. It's still Kentucky. They're still good. They still have the reigning national player of the year. And Arkansas dominated them. Just completely dominated them. And that's without two of two of Arkansas's best players. And, you know, that's been the, the story of the season. But now it's like, now that you're winning these games, it's even more of a big deal. And so we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Arkansas's moved up in rankings across several different services. It seems like they've moved off the bubble for now, especially with the win at Kentucky, a quad one road win, big time for net rankings. So we're going to talk about all of that. It's going to be a fun episode. Everybody, I mean, like everybody's back to basketball. That's what it is. Is like, you know, people checked out. It's, it's become, it's just like, I, I guess there's like seasons, you know, how there's like fall, summer, winter, spring, like seasons in, in our world. There's seasons with Eric Musselman and there's like, it's just like January and then February because it's just January with Eric Musselman. It's tough. It's been tough, like historically, since he's been at Arkansas. And in February, he has one loss over what the past two or three seasons. So, Jackson, I mean, this team, this the win against Kentucky, just give us your overall thoughts, man. First of all, that game, that's the most complete game that Arkansas has played all season. Both sides of the ball, 40 minutes, the whole shebang. I mean, that was fantastic basketball from start to finish. Last night was also a game that really put the country on notice and and reminded people across the country that Eric Musselman is one of the top coaches in all of college basketball. I feel like, you know, people were kind of thinking, oh, Arkansas is down this year. Uh, maybe Musselman didn't, uh, didn't get his guys right. Obviously, the two injuries, really big, really big impact. I mean, he had to completely change the entire – build of this roster the identity of this roster right before conference play started and that is one of the more difficult things you can do uh and we're seeing the really just the benefits of having such a fantastic coach uh, for this program uh started out conference play one and five it was a rough stretch and you know some some losses that they would like to have back uh the game at lsu game at missouri game at vanderbilt would all love to have those back. But now this team is gelling. They're, the roles are more finely tuned, finely carved out. And you saw that last night. And you saw that when you see the Mitchell Twins playing 29 and 26 minutes together and limiting Oscar Shibway to seven points and seven rebounds. I mean, the physicality that the Twins brought last night, incredible. That's exactly what they needed last year uh, against Duke. Uh, Musselman went out and he landed the twins, landed Trevin Brazil, landed Graham, really bolstered the front court, and the twins are paying off in dividends come conference play. The game plan was perfect. They kept running uh, either single high or double ball screens and just telling A.B. and Devo, go get one, and they did. Same with Ricky Council. I mean, they were getting to the free throw line. They finally hit free throws. They shot a very high percent. I think there were 20 of 24 from the free throw line last night. I mean, they forced turnovers. They forced Kentucky into 15 turnovers, 10 steals. Um, just just a really 
really good basketball game. The, I thought the defensive effort was fantastic. Devo had some really nice steals where he would come over uh, kind of trailing a, a guy coming off a screen and, and stick his arm in there and get the ball real quick. Um, I, I loved the the half-court zone trap coming out of halftime. I don't think Kentucky expected that at all. I think that really caught them off guard. Um, also, on, they kind of adjusted the ball screen action on defense where, um, you know, instead of staying straight man and going one and one uh, off the off the screen, they would jump the the ball handler and they kind of give a half court trap and then, you know, recover back to their man. But that really, they really threw some different looks at Kentucky. They were really scrambling, it seemed like Kentucky was. Um, just an excellent ball game, excellent game plan. The execution from the from the players was just unmatched. I mean, Eric Musselman will will prep better than any coach in the country. He will game plan better than any coach in the country. And then when his players are executing at that high of a level, it is it's really tough to stop. And we saw that last night. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the defensive effort. Uh, Mikel Mitchell once again just incredible. There was that that one sequence where he blocked. Oscar Sheboy back to back. I mean, block Sheboy goes back up. Block Mikel Mitchell's playing on a different level, and we'll talk about him. But I want to talk about the offensive effort from Arkansas. They tied an SEC program record for field goal percentage in a game, sixty-two point seven. They shot seventy-two percent from the field in the second half. I mean, there. I don't think a team in America was going to beat Arkansas on Tuesday night. I mean, Arkansas would have – you put any team out there, Purdue, Houston, whoever you want, Arkansas probably – I mean, you, when you shoot 72% from the field in the second half, it's hard to lose. You mentioned the 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 half-court trap to start the second half. I listened to John Calipari's press conference, which was like five minutes, by the way. I mean, it was just – people were saying he's checked out, and he he was like, I was extremely disappointed in that. Because, first of all, how do you let that happen? Like, how do you let that happen, like, like three times? And then also, he had to call a timeout. Like, that that was just an awful, awful sequence for Kentucky. And so, this Arkansas team, the offense was the big story to me because you know that this team has been doing really well defensively. They were, I mean, opponents were averaging like 58 points per game over the past five, I think. And then you look at Arkansas's offense, and that's been, you know, can this team score? That was a big story like a month ago. This team can't score. Well, they they could score on Tuesday night against Kentucky, a good Kentucky team. And, I mean, it's a big deal to win that game because you look at the schedule moving forward at Texas A&M, at Alabama, at Tennessee. Like, it's it's a tough schedule down the stretch. So to get a win in Rupp Arena is huge for, you know, net ranking purposes, bracketology purposes. Jackson, you think Arkansas is like an eight or nine seed right now? I think that's what you said over on the trough at hogbeat.com. Yeah, so I'm working on uh, compiling my bracket again for doing my JC Hoops bracketology for the third year in a row. And right now with the formulas and I use and the, and the data and everything coming in, I think I have Arkansas at the, on the eight, nine line right now. Um, I'm trying, I'm hope, hopefully that first official bracket will come out this weekend. So stay posted for that. But Right now, it's looking around the 8-9 line. The metrics have always been pretty solid. The issue has been, uh, you know, the actual resume, the body of work. That's your quadrant wins. That's your road wins. That's the actual victory. So while Arkansas is playing really good basketball and their metrics might have been favorable, like they're really high, Ken Palm, really hot because of their defensive efficiency. They played a tough schedule early in the year, and they had those early good wins. 
you know, they haven't really maintained that, at least up until this point, up until this stretch. So finally getting, you know, you now have two road wins. You went on the road to Kentucky. That's your second quad one win. And that resume number is starting to come up a little bit. And uh, that that's really helping them move up now. So I think they're squarely off the bubble for now. Um, bracketology is a game by game, week by week thing, though. You can't just say, oh, they're off the bubble for now. Still got to win the games that, that are in front of them. Um, Mississippi State next um, at Texas A&M, Florida, Georgia, and then your final three. Uh, and that's at Alabama, at Tennessee, and Kentucky at home. I, I came into, you know, last week um, saying, you know, Arkansas had to beat A&M at home. They had to beat South Carolina. And then splitting either on the road against Kentucky or on the road against Texas A&M would be huge. Well, they've already split it. Now they have a chance to sweep. I still think a 5-6 seed, depending on how Arkansas finishes and other teams do, I think a 5 or 6 seed is possible. That would require a lot more winning, uh, but I think that's even within the realm of, of uh, possibility with how well they've been playing. Uh, yeah, we'll get into a little bit more metrics, where Arkansas sits on a couple different services here in a little bit, but I want to wrap up the Kentucky you know, recap with a couple notes, and a lot of this is courtesy of hogstats.com. If you're not following Hogstats on Twitter, you need to follow them because, I mean, he, he tweets out a ton of great nuggets and information during games, and I use it for my stories a lot. I mean, he's just a great resource. He's very trustworthy. And so uh, follow him on Twitter. But uh, so Arkansas, you look at guys, Mikel Mitchell, 15 points, five blocks. That was big time. Anthony Black, 19 points, five assists. Uh, how many rebounds do you have? Four rebounds. So Anthony Black, huge game. Ricky Council, 20 points with a back issue. Uh, Devontae Davis, 15 points, seven assists. I believe that was a career high. Jordan Walsh, 13 points. Didn't miss a single shot. Jordan Walsh did not miss a single shot in the game. Uh, this team is on a roll. Devo Davis said he doesn't think they're, they've hit their peak yet. And so... The, and, the, and another crazy thing is, is that they're playing with injuries. Anthony Black, Eric Musselman said he's dealing with like three or four things. We knew he had the knee contusion that he suffered against Baylor. Uh, Jalen Graham playing through an Achilles. Mikel Mitchell still playing through the ankle issue. Uh, Ricky Council has a back issue. Eric Musselman said during one of the timeouts, Ricky Council couldn't even sit down. He had to keep standing up. And the, so these guys are playing through these injuries and they're beating a team like Kentucky by 15 at Kentucky. Uh, so here's a couple notes from the game. Let's see here. Tuesday's win, Eric Musselman's 200th win as a college head coach. Congrats to Eric Musselman. Uh, for the first time in program history, Arkansas has beaten Kentucky back-to-back times in Rupp Arena. The 15-point margin of victory is the second largest against Kentucky in program history, uh, second to only a 17-point win margin over Kentucky in 1992. Mikel Mitchell's five blocks are the most ever by an Arkansas player against Kentucky. Jordan Walsh, the first Arkansas player to go 100% from the field and at the free throw line with four-plus attempts on each. So he took four shots from the field and four at the free throw line. Hit all of them. Uh, First since TJ Cleveland did so against LSU on February 17th, 2001. I mean, and he wasn't even like the headline of the game. Uh, let's see. Attendance for the game, 19,855. That's the second smallest Rupp Arena crowd ever to see an Arkansas-Kentucky game. Second to only 3,075 during the 2021 COVID-restricted season. 
Uh, Arkansas's nine three-point attempts were the fewest in an SEC game since it shot eight against LSU on February 3rd, 2018. So a lot – I mean, like, all of that, just an incredible game. When you have that many historical things, like all these, little, like, cool stats and facts, you know that it was a great game. So, Jackson, I want to talk about Mikel Mitchell. Mikel Mitchell, I mean, like, I – I, I said that because I chose Makai Mitchell as my guy, Mikel is like also a guy because they're a package deal. But this dude is playing on a different level. I and I know you talked about it on this podcast earlier in the year, but you were right, man. Come SEC play, Mikel Mitchell is going to be a factor, and I he's more of a factor. He's like a an integral piece to this team right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've I've been a believer in the Twins ever since uh, Arkansas landed them in the transfer portal. Um, I was on the same boat with you about Makai very early on. I've really been a big fan of both of them, and I, you know, from the point of landing them and looking at their film and looking at the types of players they were, immediately what came to mind was Mikel Mitchell is going to be a force in the SEC whenever that time comes. My thought process was always. He's an elite rim protector. He's got great size. He's 6'10", 6'11", and really built. He's strong. He's physical. We saw him not back down against Oscar Sheepway. He and, and Makai, neither one back down. They were pushing him off the block. They were fronting the post. They were being really physical with him. I think they really made Oscar uncomfortable uh, last night. Um, but then you also look, I think one thing I've mentioned on the podcast before, I think one thing that people, uh, play opposing players in particular, um, kind of don't understand is how quick Mikel is off his feet for someone his size. He gets off his feet so quick. That's why he's able to block so many shots. We saw that last night again, especially on that, that series where, or that sequence where he blocked uh Sheway back to back goes up blocks immediately comes back down. He's barely on the floor. He's already back up and he's able to contest again. It's incredible. And then you add the offensive element to his game too. I said earlier in the year, I think both Makai and Mikel can be used as offensive weapons Musselman praised them for their defense all season, rightfully so. They are fantastic defenders. Um, but you saw last night, Mikel in the pick-and-roll game was fantastic. I mean, he was rolling hard to the basket. Both the twins set really, really good hard screens, really opens up driving lanes, and then they roll really strong. And I think with when you have guards that are as talented as A.B. and playing as well as Council and Devo, like that whole trio, that really makes the defense – uh, play more honest on that. So they have to contest the drive while also trying to recover on the roll makes it really difficult. Pick and roll is one of the most effective ways an offense can run against a man-to-man defense. Arkansas hasn't been able to run a pick and roll all that much because they haven't been shooting the ball well from the outside. Well, over the past eight games, they're shooting 36.3% from three, including over 40% last night when they were four for nine. So you add this outside shooting element to the game, now Arkansas is able to use the pick and roll more effectively. And Mikel Mitchell was a star in that last night. Uh, AB, Devo, Council all did a really good job of feeding him on the roll. He did a really good job finishing at the rim. And the Twins combined to shoot 100% from the free throw line. I think that should be noted as well since both are around 50% free throw shooters. I think they combined for three attempts, made all of them. Huge, 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 huge. Yeah, no, there's one point where Arkansas – was 10 for 10 from the free throw line. And then eventually they missed the 11th shot. I, I I can't remember who missed it. Maybe it was Ricky council. It, it doesn't matter who missed it, but 
I wanted to tweet out like breaking Arkansas is 10 for 10 from the free throw line, but that's an immediate jinx. So I didn't do it. Uh, unfortunately, they did miss. But I mean, 20 for 24 from the free throw line. It's a, a great performance by them. Of course, we talked about the shooting 62.7% from the field, 72% from the field in the second half. Just an all around great performance. And there's, but there's a lot of work to be done. And that was, that was a good thing from the post game press conference that you heard, especially from Devo Davis. Was, you know, we haven't hit our peak. There's a lot of work to be done. And you want to hear that. You don't want to, you don't want this to be like the big game and then see, you know, uh, some some type of decline after this. You want them to keep that up if you're an Arkansas fan. And, you know, the schedule lightens up a little bit. Mississippi State, really good team. Like I mean, like, they're better than Mississippi State has been. Uh, at A&M, that's going to be tough. But then you got Georgia and Florida at home. But that three-game stretch at the end of the season, man, at Alabama, at Tennessee, and Kentucky at home, that's going to be tough. So let's take a look at where Arkansas stands on a couple, a couple different uh, – services right now so their net ranking is 24 which is up four spots from tuesday they were 28 going into the kentucky game now they're 24 uh espn basketball power index has them at 16 ken palm has them at 21 that's up six spots torvik has them at 24 uh evan mia who i really like if you don't if you don't look at evan mia like he's got a lot of really good stuff i feel like it's a really underrated analytics site has Arkansas at 21. Uh, going into the Kentucky game, Lenardi had Arkansas as an 11 seed, but they were last four buys, so they they were on the bubble. And then, of course, they're not ranked in the AP Top 25. They did receive votes, though. So on the uptick, if you get a win, if they get a win over Mississippi State, I mean, they're probably going to be ranked in the AP Top 25 next week, don't you think? Oh yeah, if they they manage to go to know this week against Kentucky and and Mississippi State, that'll put them at six conference wins in a row, winning five of their last six. The only loss coming on the road at Baylor by three points. There's no way that they wouldn't be in the top twenty-five. At least they should be. Uh, you never know with AP voters. Uh, I think that's something that Arkansas fans are, are familiar with. You know, uh, <laughs> Arkansas fans are so funny when Arkansas was ranked like in the top fifteen, top ten, whatever. This year, last year, the year before last, they always go and look at who votes where. And like Arkansas would go two and oh in a week against another ranked opponent, and they'd find AP voters that dropped Arkansas and like blast them on Twitter. So it, it's just a funny thing Arkansas fans do. But truthfully, you never know what AP voters are going to do because there's no way all all the voters watch all of the games. So they just kind of look at the box score sometimes. But but yeah, they should be ranked. All right, before we move on, I need to tell everybody about Bet Saracen. Bet Saracen, mobile sports gambling app for the Saracen Casino Resort. You can download the app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Let me tell you about Bet Saracen. We do a story every week for Arkansas basketball games. It's our Bet Saracen lines, odds, player props, specials. We break all of that down. It's an easy guide. Uh, for those who are interested in betting on the Arkansas game. And we also provide staff picks, and we are hot. And, I, I mean, like, I once again, I took Devo Davis points over. It was 13.5. Now, if you bet it, you were sweating at the end because he had 13 points. He had to hit a couple free throws there at the end to get the over. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's hit – I think it's hit like three or four times in a row now, Devo Davis points over. I also added a bonus pick in there. I said, you can get Ricky Council over 15 and a half points, and it was at plus money. 
he hit. I mean, he had 20 points. So that's what you get when you go over to hogbeat.com, check it out, and then go to Bet Saracen and place your bets. I also give some bonus picks every once in a while on the trough. So make sure you're subscribed to hogbeat.com. I mean, Bet Saracen is a great app. I think I'm going to put a significant amount of money on the Chiefs this weekend, Jackson. What do you think? All right. I mean, like, let me get your expert analysis on the Super Bowl real quick. Man, uh, it's tough. I, it's hard for me to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Eagles have been really good all year, obviously. So have the Chiefs. I don't know. I'm partial for the Eagles just because Jalen Hurts is my fantasy quarterback this year. I kind of want to go with the Eagles just because of that. But if I was actually putting money on it, I'd probably go with the Chiefs anyway. Okay. You recovered there. I thought I was going to have to <laughs> fire you from my staff for saying that. So uh, good for you. All right. Just a couple more things to hit here for the Hardwood Hogs podcast. I think I think we got to talk about Nick Smith Jr. again. I don't want to do it, Jackson, but I think we have to. Uh, it goes without saying that, once again, Jimmy Dykes, I mean, I mean, just on the ESPN broadcast, every time he broadcasts, he's like, well, Nick Smith Jr. told me this. Nick Smith Jr., he said he's close or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm tired of it, but it sounds like he's getting close, and that's all we're going to say because that's what Jimmy Dykes said, and if you think that Jimmy Dykes doesn't have inside information, then maybe you should look into it a little bit more because think about all the money that is funneled into the University of Arkansas from ESPN. Why would they not get that information? That's all I'm going to say about it. Jimmy Dykes does know. And it's frustrating that he knows and we don't, the people who cover the team. Okay, moving on from that. I want to ask you this because I've been asked this. I got to ask this on a radio interview today. If Nick Smith Jr. does come back, do you think that, I mean, like you're adding a a top 10 player in the country probably, but do you think that that hurts Arkansas because they have this team chemistry going and then you're going to add someone else into the lineup? So I can definitely understand the thought process behind that. Um, but I think Nick Smith is somebody who is such a vocal leader, such an emotional presence on the team. It has been when he's been with them. I mean, he's been on the bench. He's still I – mean, I, don't, I don't think he made the trip to Lexington last night. But, you know, he's enrolled in classes. He's been with the team. He's all, – all these things. And, you know, he has a great relationship with, with everybody on the team. And he's an Arkansas kid and all this other stuff. And on top of all that, he's a really good basketball player. So you don't, on one hand, you don't want to necessarily hurt the chemistry, but on the other hand, if you have the opportunity to get closer to full strength and add an incredible basketball player back onto the roster, um, why wouldn't you do that? Um, You know, I don't think, I don't think he comes in and immediately starts and plays 30 35 minutes it might be hey let's try to adjust because that's gonna throw off a lot of things based on minute allocation roles all this sort of stuff you don't really want to take Devo out of the role he's in right now with how well he's playing um maybe you take a little bit of the load off Anthony Black and Ricky Council uh maybe you spread some minutes out there I mean it's going to be nice at least for depth because then you don't have your entire backcourt playing 35 plus minutes or anything crazy like that, especially down the home stretch of the season uh, with a couple guys being banged up too. So it adds depth. It's an extra body to maybe spell some guys and, and let them rehab a little bit more. 
um, at least not putting as many miles on their legs. And he's he's also just I mean, he's still a projected top 10 draft pick. Um, at the end of the day, he is someone who can create for himself offensively. He can create for others offensively. Um, he can still space the floor, um, which the team has gotten better at, but you can never have enough shooters. Uh, I think eight of the last 10 uh, national champions have had at least one, sometimes even two, 40% three-point shooters. So having multiple guys that can space the floor is never an issue. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily think it would mess things up completely. I think it's just a matter of Eric Musselman figuring things out once again and getting the roster uh, acclimated to being closer to full strength. And Eric Musselman has proven time and time again that he is the guy who can do that. He can fill fill spaces. He can fill the roster. He can um, let guys adjust and gel and all that sort of stuff, and it always works out. Yeah, no, that's – I'm I'm kind of there with you. You know, yes, the chemistry thing is an argument, but also when you're adding a player at the talent level of Nick Smith Jr., it can only hurt so much. And plus, you think about it like this, he's been around the team, you know. We don't we don't really know how much he's been practicing, if he's been practicing, but it's it's not like there's not a chemistry there between him and the guys. Like they're they're friends, you know, they're they're teammates. So it's just figuring it out on the court in a game with you know different lineups. We've seen that different lineups work. Uh what lineups will work if Nick comes back. So that's a lot to think about, but it's it's really just simply put, all of that is pure speculation because the only people who know stuff are the Jimmy Dykes of the world. And I'm going to say it again. If you think Jimmy Dykes doesn't know, he does know because the University of Arkansas is feeding that information to him. So that's the – there were people in my mentions saying that Jimmy Dykes doesn't know anything. And I'm not sitting here and defending him. I'm just saying, like, yes, he does. So – uh what was I going to say? There was something else that I wanted to add. Mm. Mm, that's frustrating. I forgot. Okay, well, uh, subscribe to hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. We have a lot of great coverage over there, basketball coverage, baseball coverage. You're not going to find better Arkansas baseball coverage than at hogbeat.com. Speaking of which, Diamond Hogs podcast back on Monday. For those who enjoy it, make sure you visit hogbeat.com or – just type in Hogbeat Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. Diamond Hogs Podcast back. We're going to keep the Hardwood Hogs Podcast. JC, I mean, he's got to make money somehow. So we're going to keep the Hardwood Hogs Podcast as well. But very excited to have the, the Diamond Hogs Podcast back. And before we get out of here, as always, need to remind you about our friends at MyPerfectFranchise.net. They are a proud sponsor of Hogbeat.com and a lot of other rivals' websites. And it is Andy Ledecky. He is a very experienced business owner and entrepreneur. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses, and he uses his expertise and knowledge to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. All you have to do is call him, and you're going to put your life and career in your own hands. Basically, he's going to take you through a process, figure out which business fits you. It's it's just you're making an investment into a business, and it's going to pay off because Andy knows what he's doing. So it's myperfectfranchise.net. If you got some extra money laying around, you want to invest in a franchise, this is the way to go. The number is 404-973-9901. Call Andy Ledecky today or visit myperfectfranchise.net. All right.
Ah, we're back. We're we're in that time of the year, Jackson, where it's the it's the crossover to baseball season and basketball season. But now basketball is getting exciting, so it's hard to focus on baseball. But you want to focus on baseball, but you're going to focus on basketball because the basketball team is really good again. <laughs> and so it's, it's going to get busy. Are you excited? I'm very excited. You know, this is going to make me sound like a terrible person and you're going to hate me for this. So please don't fire me. Uh, I really only pay attention to baseball once conference season rolls around. I, I just, I'm, I'm all, I'm all in on basketball until conference season rolls around for baseball. But when, when conference starts in baseball, I religiously watch. I do. I do. I watch the, I watch the midweek games. I watch weekend games, series, all that sort of stuff. But no, and until until conference play, it's all basketball for me. I mean, there's I, I'm not gonna judge you for that. I think that a lot of people are that way. You know, like who wants to watch Arkansas State or Arkansas play Southeast Louisiana State te- Technical Community College on a Tuesday night? You know, like I have to do it because it's my job, but I also want to do it because I enjoy baseball. So like that's, but I, I understand from your perspective. I think there's a lot of people out there like you, so it's okay. Uh, yeah, go to hogbeat.com. A lot of coverage over there. We're, I mean, like I, I posted a thread this week asking our subscribers like, Hey, what can we do more of? What can we do less of how you feel? We got a lot of the site is the best it's been in years. And so you need to get over there. You need to subscribe. We're going to have some big time, uh, changes coming soon. We're very excited for that. And you're going to want to be subscribed for that as well. So hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T. Dot com. All right, thank you for listening to the Hardwood Hogs podcast.